What's happening? We'll tell you right now on This Week in Cannabis News. Pleased to be joined by David Wiley from the OZ, okanaganz.com slash OZ. You can follow them on Twitter at okanaganz, at Wiley Writer. David, welcome back to the show. Hey, Dean. Good to talk to you. Feels like it's been just too long. Yeah, it, uh, it, it's been a couple of weeks as we're both uh, uh, busy and uh, dealing with different things. So it's great to have you back on the program and talking about uh cannabis news because certainly uh there is a lot uh going on uh when it comes to cannabis news uh, just had uh, grant sanderson uh, from nova cannabis on and we were chatting about the uh, the ever-changing landscape of retail uh in cannabis so everything is changing and and cannabis you know people have been talking about it went from illegal to essential and now uh, there are early reports and some early research that cannabis uh, could have an impact on COVID-19. And this even makes it into the New York Post. It's amazing the breadth and the depth of cannabis. And yeah, uh, some research out of Alberta uh, has really started to make the rounds. I mean, imagine using like an inhaler or even mouthwash containing cannabis extracts to, uh, to help treat or slow down COVID-19. Well, that's a, that's a scenario that Alberta researchers Olga and Igor Kovalchuk are actually investigating. Now, this couple, they're no stranger to cannabis. They've been working with it for about five years, uh, creating a new hybrids and developing extracts that are demonstrating these uh, therapeutic properties of this uh, wonderful plant. And when COVID-19 hit, they started to go back over their data uh, and they were examining the receptors that uh, the novel coronavirus hijacks in order to enter into the human body. So they're saying now that the, the data that they have shows the potential that cannabis extracts could actually help in the prevention and the treatment of COVID-19. They've submitted a research paper studying the effects. Now, Olga, she says that the, these two were totally stunned by what they had initially found and that the extracts they've been looking at are uh, very high CBD, a low THC, and they've proven very effective in, uh, in stopping the virus from connecting to these different uh, proteins in the body. But we compare it almost like if you can picture uh, just slamming the door on, in someone's face. That's what's happening here. So, um, so these anti-inflammatory um, cannabinoids, are closing the receptors, really, in a way, a manner of speaking, uh, that's not allowing the virus to enter into the body. They're saying that there's a, the data shows that about 70% of these doors, quote-unquote, um, can be closed uh, using this kind of treatment. Now, there's, there's still clinical trials that need to be done, so this is still early, uh, early in this whole process. Um, so, but Still, here's just another just wild example of how diverse the medical benefits, therapeutic effects of cannabis can be. So the research is being conducted in conjunction with the University of Lethbridge uh, and also two cannabis research companies, uh, one that has ties to Sundial Growers out of Calgary. So this is a really great 
story for the province of Alberta and the wonderful things that are happening there. Yeah, it's it is amazing, and and uh, I know you stressed it that it is uh, preliminary. Uh, it has uh, yet to be uh, peer reviewed, but it's so encouraging. Um, because you know, during this pandemic, no, uh, you know, no stone unturned, right? Like look every mm-hmm. corner of what you can imagine that might help it. And, and maybe you find something and it's, it's, you know, to be perfectly honest, it's not surprising that, uh, that there were, that we're realizing this. And, and I think as we go over the years, we're going to realize how much more benefits the cannabis plant can have, but, uh, you know, from being deemed an essential service to now being a possible fighter of COVID, uh, it's just uh, it's just showing just how important this plant is in society today in Canada. Absolutely, and that was one of the things that we we're very excited about uh, with legalization. It, all these opportunities to to research cannabis and its effects uh, and its benefits. All right, let's talk a little bit about drinks. I've tried uh, some different formats uh, from the canned drinks. I've tried the ones that you add to a drink. I've tried the uh, the powder uh, from the Green Organic uh, Dutchman. So what's your thought process on uh, the, the different drink options that are out there? It's, it's been a lot of fun trying these different drinks. Uh, I've tried both of Tweed's Hound, Houndtooth and uh, Soda, uh, as well as Baker Street and Ginger. I've also tried Every's Lemon and Lime Drink got uh, houseplants, grapefruit, and sparkling water on order. Um, so far, it's been a bit of a hit and a miss. I, I found the houndstooth and soda to be a little bit like a nutmeg and a weedy taste um, along with some water, so not overly appetizing. Uh, in fact, my partner and I had a bit of a chugging contest on the second one just to see who could get drinking, uh, drinking it over with faster. Um, the Baker Street ginger one was really nice, uh, probably because of the significant difference in the amount of sugar. Uh, so that flavor was really there, like a ginger ale. And one of the one of the pleasant surprises for me was that these drinks having only really two milligrams of THC per drink was that I was still able to get a bit of a gentle effect uh, off of just two of them. So I'm not sure how that whole process takes place and the way our body uh, processes it differently, but it's interesting to see that the, the effect is still there, even in such a low amount. Now, I have a bee in my bonnet over these drinks, and we know the cannabis policies are requiring retooling in some areas, and um, just the insanity of the legislation is so clear when it comes to this. So get this. The, we know the Canadian limit for purchasing uh, or having uh, cannabis at one time is 30 grams, right? Mm-hmm. So most people really have no need to go out and carry 30 grams of butt on them at any time, bring 30 grams of weed over to a barbecue or whatever. But each tweed drink is said to contain the equivalent of 5.1 grams of cannabis. So that means that you can't even go to the store and get a six-pack. Your legal limit of purchase is five drinks, hmm. and and that's it. So this imposes absolutely unreasonable limitations on both consumers and retailers who are suffering. If I want to go to a barbecue and bring a six-pack to share with my friends, right, then I'm actually breaking the law by going out and bringing more than five drinks. And on top of that, uh, you got to pay shipping costs when you order online if you're doing it that way. So to have this kind of a limit, it's, it's crazy. And 5.1 equivalent grams of cannabis, when you're looking at something that's got two milligrams of THC, I don't get it. I don't get it, Dean. 
It, it seems weird. Uh, you have to bring another person with you to, uh, to purchase that one extra can. Um, it's, it, it, it's a little bit odd. I always found the limit of 30 grams a little bit odd as well. So you can have like an ounce and two grams. Like it, it seems a little bit of a weird number uh, that they picked for that. So hopefully something with that gets uh, resolved. So we can be taking uh, six packs uh, to barbecues. The one thing about the uh, the the drinks that I found is, uh, I don't know if you eat parsnips ever, but they had a parsnip <laughs> kind of a taste to me. And I think, I don't know if it's maybe like a vegetable oil that's used in the, in the process or not, but um, mm. the, the, the ones that are... They, they should not be advertised as uh, tasteless. You could say flavorless if you want, uh, if they're not adding any flavor, but there is a taste to this. Like there's a taste to everything. So tasteless is a bit misleading uh, with this. And listen, th- these are going to improve and get better. And, and, and the product, this is kind of the first wave, but uh, uh, the, the six pack thing is um, it's a little bit uh, strange. And um, I, I love the concept though. The concept is great. We just have to get the, uh, uh, the execution a little bit better. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something that we really need to look at uh, when we're changing up these regulations. All right, uh, let's talk tax and cannabis. Um, we all know there's a lot of it, and there was a lot of it uh, in BC in one particular month. There sure was. The more cannabis stores equals more tax revenue is a great way to look at it. I, I mean, we've, we've said it before we'll say it again the more brick and mortar stores you can get the more likely it is for people to go into those stores to have an educational experience with cannabis uh and to to take a look at what they really want uh it brings it cuts down on the black market and the uh the tax revenue is great particularly in this time um where we really need it so bc has seen its monthly share of the federal uh, excise duty on adult use cannabis jump by 44 percent from november to december so we're not even caught up i mean we're months behind still and uh, the province pulled in 2.5 million dollars uh, in in that one month so since that time there's been another hundred or so stores opening up in in bc and we're going to see that uh, that tax income jump even higher now, Marijuana Business Daily noted in their story that uh, opening up new stores it represents the biggest opportunity for one-time excise gains uh, because retailers are stocking their shelves for the first time, so that means a big buy. And uh, and then the licensed producers who are selling to um, is the retailer, or in this case in BC, the uh, the um, the liquor uh, department. The name is escaping me right now. Um, so basically, once that tax is paid, it gets uh, sent to the province. So this is this whole tax revenue is actually really important right now. It's a cornerstone uh, in the argument for federal legalization across the border over, over in the U.S. So we have cannabis cannabis advocates who are drawing parallels between the role that lifting prohibition played uh, in the economic recovery post Great Depression. And that's what we're seeing now with this COVID-19 recession deepening. Uh, the U.S. is really looking seriously at lifting the cannabis prohibition uh, because that could help with the cost of government programs that have been required to help people and help businesses through this downturn. So uh, seeing the, the excise tax increase in B.C., I'm sure we're seeing it in Alberta. We're seeing it all over Canada. Uh, it really is good news right now when, when this revenue is especially important. 
Yeah, it's uh, and and you're right. It's a, a bit of a roadmap for uh, you know what hopefully uh, ca- happens down south uh, federally. All right, let's wrap up with uh, it's a, kind of a tough story uh, for a a Kelowna company that uh, you know has a big impact on the cannabis industry, and uh, they had a tough decision to make with COVID nineteen. We're seeing a lot of these really difficult decisions as this pandemic uh, continues to uh, drag on. Um, you know, COVID-19 began to spread globally. Vitalis Extraction Technology had a really tough uh, decision that they had to make. They uh, manufacture industrial-scale equipment that's used around the world in the process of extracting cannabis. Uh, and that, uh, that goes toward making um, products for both the medical and the recreational markets. And those kinds of products uh, with extractions include edibles and vapes and uh, oils and sprays and capsules, those are particularly important for medical users. So the the company looked at the possibility of retooling its operation in part to help supply uh, a specific type of part um, for ventilator production. So ventilators are are required to have um, these really high-tech pressure vessels and because of the work that Vitalis does, they're certified to weld these pressure vessels. So they looked at the potential uh, for retooling um, their manufacturing plant to help do that. Uh, they, they talked to different experts in the field to see whether there was a demand or what, what, what could be done. Um, they looked at you know, whether an America First policy would have an impact on the demand um, from Canada for these parts. They looked at... Um, the need right now. And in particular, they looked at what effect uh, changing up their operation a little bit would have on the supply of products for the medical market. And uh, in the end, they made the, the very difficult decision um, to to not produce these valves, at least in the meantime. If there becomes a, a big demand for them, they can always revisit it. But it just this kind of a decision goes to show how challenging it's been for companies, and not just in the cannabis industry, uh, but all over uh, the, the, the decisions that they've had to make um, in regards to how they might change up their operation to help in the COVID-19 fight, um, but also in their responsibility to ensure that they can continue to get their own products going. We've seen, uh, we've seen great strides made by certain cannabis companies who have been donating um, you know, their, their mask supply, um, and the different uh, gloves and the different things that they need in order to produce cannabis um, according to Health Canada regulations. And it's, it's always been a bit of a balance to what they can do it, uh, to help that fight against COVID-19 and what they really can't do. So this, uh, this decision by Vitalis was really interesting to see that, you know, there are limitations on what we, what we can do to help in the, the greater fight. Well, you shouldn't have to choose between keeping your company afloat and, and you know, meeting your expectations and your previous commitments and helping mm-hmm. out with uh, with COVID-19. Uh, some companies have to make the choice. Some companies can do both, and God love them, but uh, there's a lot of companies out there that uh, have to make that difficult choice. Uh, David, as always, it's been great to chat with you. You can find more information and keep up with the latest cannabis news at okanaganz.com slash OZ. Follow them on Twitter at okanaganz and at Wiley Ryder. Uh, Stay safe during all this, David. It was great to catch up with you again, and we'll do it again next week. You too, my friend.